0: fifty four Charles Cock forty two point nine.
1: Charles Cock, step your game up.
0: David Cock, forty two point nine.
1: You sure that's not Coke? I'm a hundred
0: percent sure it is Coke, but I hate them so I wanted to say Cock. Just let me have my moment. All right, let me have my-
2: Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters.
1: Welcome to another week of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Bringing up the rear, as always, Corey. And uh, I guess uh, the results of our discussion from last week uh, about the XT stuff, uh, Bitcoin price fell below $200. Uh, It hit a six-month low. Uh, What do you guys think about that?
0: D, take it away. Um, Well, I think that is to be expected with the emotions in the market right now and traders doing what they do. Um, I think a large part of the market is uh, Chinese yuan. I think that's how you say it. And they gamble with the stock market. We know that now. And they, for some reason, treat Bitcoin like a stock. So they took advantage, and the price went down, got pretty bearish. I don't think it's anything to worry about because it doesn't change the utility of Bitcoin. Um, but it does hurt its popularity. It's hard to <laughs> sell something new and awesome, changing the world, if it's constantly using purchasing power or losing purchasing power. So that kind of sucks. Um, I'm not too worried about it because I dollar cost average. So I'm pretty much always purchasing little bits here and there to bring my
1: average down. So, you know. What about I mean, the market turbulence? Oh, the volatility? Yeah. Like China and all that. I think China, would it dropped 9%, uh, which was pretty historic. Oh, you're talking about, like, the actual markets, so, like,
0: like the dat, the dan the Dow, <laughs> the Dow <laughs> and the Nasdaq.
1: Well, it's all related, sense. right? Um, I-, I think the sell-off uh, coincided with uh, the market turmoil. You it know, did. yeah, you're right.
0: Like people went bananas. Like the U.S. stock market went down, and like people were like, "Oh shit!" Jump ship. And China was like, "We already jumped shipped Like two weeks ago. Oh. There it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> it just slipped. That's, that's the one that came. We lost. Did we just lose? Yeah. Well, anyways. Well, China jumped ship, and then the U.S. people with a lot of money jump ship, and everybody's jumping ship. Gold did okay, from what I saw, but that still lost a little bit. I mean, it's just people don't know what to do when markets go bananas, and then when they do go bananas... Rich people make more money. And unfortunately, uh, Bitcoin couldn't avoid it this time. Which kind of sucks, you know? Because... Yeah,
1: I, I just, it's crazy that people are still panic selling. I don't get it. Dude, emotion runs
0: fucking markets, man. And that's it. It's only the people with stern emotion that don't go too up or too down are the ones that end up making money off of all this change... Like yeah, what's his name? Yeah. What's that old guy like everybody's like the the something of Omaha? The um the sage of Omaha. I don't know his nickname. He's the most the best investor of all time. He like invests in screws and diapers and shit. I know you guys know who it is. <laughs>
1: Dang it. I have no idea.
0: Uh, this feels like that time when I tried to count how many zeros were in a trillion. And I, I didn't mess up but ended up messing up. How can I not it's right on the tip of my tongue? Um
3: I know who you're talking about. I've lost it from my head.
0: Yeah, I feel like his name is Bert. It's, That's not it's, it. <laughs> it's
3: Patrick, it's Patrick Burns mentor.
0: Oh uh, fucking how can I forget Buffett. Yeah, Warren Buffett. There we go. All
1: right, all right. Whew. I think I was—I almost lost some credibility there. All right, we've burned three minutes thinking about that. <laughs> no, that wasn't three minutes. It was two minutes and 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> Warren Buffett. Anyway. You know, and I, don't, I forgot so much. I didn't even know what my point was. Corey, I'm tossing it to you. <laughs> uh, all right.
3: So, yeah, it's normal. I mean, it's—it's it's not even thinking it's about big XT anymore or the argument between. People are now starting to realize that it's – basically a way for people to vote on changes a lot more in a democratic way and they're not worried about whether or not Bitcoin's going to fail or not anymore it's just globally the markets are down and so Bitcoin's falling and the traders are having a blast because it's like a roller coaster right now and they're just riding the waves
0: yep I remember what I was going to say now go ahead it was about emotion Warren Buffett, if you've ever watched him talk or read a book that he's written, zero emotion. None. He's all about the business. Or, if I may, all about the Benjamins.
3: Yeah, to back that up, I was just listening to a video of uh, the CEO of Overstock talking about Patrick Byrne, telling him one time, or asking him a question one time, if you're not going to kick a man while he's down, then when will you kick him? Ooh, it's just that's like a dirty. Just like straight business cutthroat I mean if you're going to do it do it who cares what's going on with them
0: I just had a picture of that like that refutes all (laughs) Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that I watched as a kid all those like boxing movies like that's just so horrible but it is right if you are going to kick someone I guess the best thing most opportunistic time
3: is, you know, when, is they're when they're like, down it doesn't matter what they're, what, what's going on with them if you're going to do something then just do it regardless of what their current, current scenario is and that's, how, that's how traders make money they're emotionless with their decisions Corey
2: is
0: it easier to kick a soccer ball when it's in the air or when it's on the ground uh,
3: moving or not moving that wasn't I'd,
0: even a choice
3: yeah if it's in the air it's clearly moving it's not not moving in the air On the ground, it could be either moving or not moving.
0: Oh, man. I should be more specific.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I tried to. Anyway, on the ground, not moving would be easiest. So what happens when all this is said and done? So a fork basically kills Bitcoin since it breaks its largest promise of limited money supply. So that means when it's over, are we going to double our Bitcoin? No. Uh,
3: No, no, no. If people
1: people understand that the number of Bitcoin can double any time following a fork, though, correct?
3: No. no. See, what happens is, okay, you have a hard fork, and then the blockchain splits into two different things. So based on the consensus, everyone follows the, the blockchain that won the consensus. There, you can still spin your Bitcoin on the other network, but everyone's jumped ship, and then no longer that currency is essentially invalid, not worth anything, because no one's really using it as a currency. Everyone switched to oh. the consensus. So your Bitcoin doesn't change, you can still use it on the old network, but the old network is useless.
1: Yeah. I always thought that every fork without, like, a super majority support will double the amount of coin supply.
3: No. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, unless 75% of the people take consensus of this, then it won't happen. And so it becomes null and void. Nothing happens to... The, 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 the mm-hmm. blockchain doesn't fork.
0: Now, what you're thinking of, Cello, if there happens to be a perfect 50-50 split, then you'd have two different kinds of tokens being used.
3: It's very—it's well—that's more like uh, this is the way I like to imagine it. Everyone likes the idea of parallel universes, and when you make a decision, the universe splits into two different two different universes. One where you made you know choice A, another where you made choice B, and those go on to, in their own forks of universes. And at some point, and then at some point, you know, it's essentially like the idea of you've now doubled your earnings of whatever choice you made. Well, in terms of the Bitcoin blockchain, the moment that one universe gets ahead of the other, the other one disappears. Boom. And the transactions that occurred on the other one get made up on the first one, if that makes sense. So you you may lose... Um, a single block, but the transactions get verified in the next block because the other one has been already disappeared, and so that it that, 's a it 's a natural way of dealing with a computational problem that will happen, especially as the network gets large, but it happens automatically and it 's happened a lot of times in the past that 's not a problem
0: Hmm. so it doesn 't double the money it doesn 't affect anyone 's money until after the official fork take place, everything that takes place after that that 's when there's no. It's not that money is affected. It's like that's the new chain.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I, the, the the software essentially changes, yeah. and then new things that new things can happen. And if you want to use the, if you want to use Bitcoin anymore, you just have to update your client. And that's everyone does that kind of automatically because you have to if you want to keep using your currency and it would be worth anything.
1: Bam. So I guess Bitcoin will not shine during the stock market crash. It'll shine during fiat debt collapse and big bail-ins i guess yeah i think
0: i think bitcoin's gonna shine when currencies don't shine and right now the only thing that's moving up is the dollars moving up in comparison to other currencies but i think if the dollar starts coming down
1: eh,
0: then we'll see some bitcoin movement some big bitcoin movement right now i don't think bitcoin i think it's going to go through this constant wave between 2 and 300 or 250 and 300 maybe if we get back up to 250 um and that's where the traders are just going to be making their loot
1: man I mean so they do so cool so uh should we get into our first interview should we this quick yeah cuz we got i think we got two people on the show so we can Let's let's introduce him and then we'll we'll come back to some more news and then we'll we'll go into our jam packed second interview. Okay. So you tackled this interview solo. You wanna go ahead and introduce what we I got did. going on is solo dolo. Um
0: I've been doing that a lot, you guys. Alright. You guys keep leaving me hanging on the interviews.
3: Oh, we just like the way you do it. We <laughs> trust you.
0: Well, um, Mr. Chester, he is from Bitwage, and he is the COO, the Chief Operations Officer, or Chief Officer of Operations. There's two O's after the C. And um, what Bitwage does is they allow you to get paid in Bitcoin. So they work on closing that loop, right? Because right now, the really, it's kind of not as frictionless as it needs to be to get Bitcoin. Would you agree, Corey? Yep. Cello?
1: Yep. There you go. So and e- even if your employers don't offer the option, you can still do it. Because if I went to my boss's office and I asked him to get paid in Bitcoin, he would stare at me and I would walk backwards out of his <laughs> office and <laughs> pretend it like... I wouldn't make eye contact to him in the hallways anymore. So <laughs> this is a cool way to, uh, to get paid in Bitcoin. Absolutely. I actually know because I did do that with one of my old employers. And you currently don't get paid in Bitcoin. So and I know I how that went down. Or have that employer. <laughs> yep. Both
0: of those things happened. It, it um, yeah, I walked in. It was a small like mom and pop business. You know, it was I was, like, tutoring on the side. And I, like, I walk into the office and I'm like, um, yeah, so what's the name of the program that does the payroll? And he was like, well, it's this. Why? And I was like, so do you do the payroll? And he's like, yeah, I do the payroll. I said, okay, well, is there any way that, you know, with your program and I'll do all the groundwork, I can get paid in Bitcoin? Because I'd like to get paid in Bitcoin. And he was like, no. <laughs> I was like uh, okay I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you might as well said him. I
1: wanna get paid in flippity flam and then just looked at him
0: <laughs> he was kinda elderly too he was like in his 60s How so you? I just I just moonwalked on out of that office yeah. and never looked at that guy ever again
3: well if you so. had the tools to make it seamless you can like well I can make it really easy for you it's not a big deal
0: oh I did those things sir
3: you would change these well with Bitcoin it just kinda takes the middleman out of the process
0: yeah now that I know more I I tried to um
3: your evangelist skills have gone up.
0: Yes. Um I've leveled up in the evangelism uh <laughs> column. I'm at least level thirty now. Max is thirty five. So getting up there. Well, anyways, Jonathan Chester. Uh Bitway C O O and he told me a little bit about how BitWiz gets down and what they're trying to do in the long term. And um, they're a huge avenue for remittance, but they do other things. And yeah, you can get paid in Bitcoin, guys. And your employer doesn't even have to know. You could totally cut them out of it and just get paid in Bitcoin in whatever percentage you want. Get paid in flippity-flam. Yep, no, we can't endorse Bitcoin as flibbity flam I don't think we should <laughs> that's do that. It's like, that's, the that's the exact opposite of what we're trying to do. That's the exact opposite of what we're trying to <laughs> I'm
1: just saying, like, I mean, going to your boss and saying getting paid in Bitcoin, you might as well just... We're not at mass adoption yet. That's all I'm trying to say. So Are you telling God. me you want to get paid in kittens?
0: Is that what you're telling me? You, I mean, <laughs> it's
1: the same equivalent right now. So, yeah, Bit Wage no makes it happen without having to look stupid in front of your boss right now. So, yeah. So,
0: anyways, recovery. here is the interview. So, first question is, uh, how did you first get involved uh, with Bitcoin and and where did the idea to... Uh, involve yourself as a leader in the payroll solution provider space where that come from.
2: Right. So I first heard about Bitcoin when I was, um, let's see. When did I first hear it was when it was in 2011 and I had a few friends and they were perhaps purchasing goods for illicit substances. And, uh, At the time, I sort of shrugged off Bitcoin as like this sort of strange novelty item, right? Um, But then come 2013, um, before the price spiked way up, uh, I was working at Oracle and I was looking into new trends, new technologies, you know, what's sort of like the next big thing. I came across a TED Talk, I think it was something... Like uh, Tide, Sweat, and Bitcoin: the future of currency. And I, on, I honestly was interested because I wanted to know how could Tide or Sweat be a currency. I didn't really know very much about Bitcoin at the time, and I sort, I, I sort of came out of it, you know, fascinated by Bitcoin. I wanted to know what was this thing? You know, it, it had this really cool like socioeconomic aspect, you know, helping the unbanked. Providing you know true privacy, financial privacy to people, and then on the other side, it had all these really interesting efficiency aspects in that it could be sent effortlessly online, nearly instantly, nearly for free, anywhere in the world, and that was it was just so fascinating. I, I started to dig deeper, and I spent about a month uh just going down that rabbit hole. You know, I think I, you know it's a similar story to a lot of different people, but I came back out and. You know, I was obsessed. I was I was all about Bitcoin. I became sort of that Bitcoin guy at Oracle, you know, always telling people, you got to get Bitcoin, you got to get Bitcoin. <laughs> and this ha- this was happening uh, right before the price started to shoot up. And so as the price was shooting up to $1,000, I was sort of wagging my finger at people saying, hey, I told you so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, some people ended up buying uh because of that, of course, uh, none of them bought you know below anything maybe other than like you know six hundred might have been the lowest that they bought at. <laughs> so yeah, they 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 are a little pissed off about that. But you know, I'm I'm letting them know you know keep keep at it. You know, it's a long term thing, not a short term thing. Yeah. But the,
0: the foot in mouth moment uh, after. <laughs> He who is not to be named, but I'm glad is arrested now.
2: Yeah, right.
0: What he did. Uh, yeah, really. I had to take a step back from my evangelism and just kind of <laughs> reel myself back in. Um, but it is—it's so funny because I just did an interview earlier.
2: Over mm-hmm.
0: The rabbit hole—that exact those those two words get brought up in almost every interview. Yep because that's exactly what it is. You just tumble down and you find out more and more and more. And it seems like it's just endless, endless sea of
2: opportunity and knowledge. So, 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 so this is where the story sort of separates, I think from, from other people, which is that I, uh, uh, I was this crazy Bitcoin guy at Oracle and there's another crazy Bitcoin guy at Oracle who's on the, the technical side. I was, I was doing sales. Um, and, we were connected by a mutual friend and so we got together and we started thinking of you know what could we do with this technology what could we build with this technology you know we had we we you know we had uh experience with enterprise technology and enterprise software uh we had been trained in you know several different products from like oracle database to like their uh, to PeopleSoft, which is their 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 payroll software, and and we were looking at where Bitcoin was heading and who was doing what in the space, and we sort of realized that that no one was doing payroll uh, in in Bitcoin, but if Bitcoin uh, uh, as a currency or even as a protocol were to succeed, payroll as one of the main you know, sectors of, of, um, of finance, uh, it would be affected somehow, some way. So we decided that we wanted to be the first movers on this and, and we started building. And, and that's, that's really how, how it began. And it started off as a Bitcoin payroll for employers product. We call it BPE ourselves. And, um we thought we were going to be the first one to do this and turns out we weren't. <laughs> um while after we started um, uh we uh, uh bitpay came out with an API and wagepoint came out with a bitcoin payroll system on top of that. Um and then we released our bitcoin payroll for employers. And I think that what a lot of diff- what, what all, all, all three of uh, the, uh, us sort of realized at this time realized was that going through the process to convince a, you know, a large enterprise to, to start paying their employees in payroll, well it's a very long, slow process, and at the end of it, you might only get you know, tens of employees. So there's got to be a better way. And what we realized, or what we did, is we we turned we turned the solution on the head on its head, right? Just because uh, just because it would take a year to to get Microsoft and only get ten employees from Microsoft doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to 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 give those ten employees the ability to do Bitcoin payroll. So we released Bitcoin payroll for the individual, which allows anyone to receive any percent of their paycheck in bitcoins, regardless of whether or not their employer signs up so as a result we have had people sign up from like the world health organization from the navy from microsoft and google from like you know mom and pop businesses in you know domestically internationally people signing up from all over the world oh wow
0: that's that's amazing how diverse it is
2: The navy yeah guy. that's pretty funny yeah and, it, and it's actually allowed us to uh to actually uh perfect the system more right uh, and build it out to the needs of the individuals who are receiving payrolls so while um while uh you know other systems um haven't had as much experience you know doing payrolls and and being able to build out to that, we've been able to gain that and because of that, we've been gaining a lot of traction with employers uh, on our system as well. Uh, more recently, I should say. That's
0: good. That's yep. good. And, and so there's so many benefits to getting paid in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And if your company regularly pays wages to like international workers, for instance, there's a big benefit there. And in mm-hmm. incorporating Bitcoin into the payroll can be a major cost saver. And so mm-hmm. besides just saving, you know, cost savings, what are other advantage, other advantages uh, that many people wouldn't realize about, you know, having a payroll in Bitcoin?
2: Sure. So, you know there are there's sort of um, I guess uh, three um, main people that are on our system. Although there's a fourth that I'll talk to you afterwards. Talk to you afterwards, but they're not. We don't have as much of them. So the first one, uh, the first two are domestic employees. So one type of domestic employee is a speculator, an investor. He likes to receive his wages in Bitcoin because it's it's the easiest way to actually receive bitcoins right you set it up once and it slowly accumulates over time it's like an easy way to dollar cost average um and so a lot of people just sort of like the ease of of not having to check into a website every single time the uh the privacy that's involved in being able to put whatever wallet you want in our system we don't hold your funds you you sort of Put whatever wallet you want in; it goes directly into that wallet. You know, allows you to have, I guess, liquidity in wallets that themselves don't have liquidity. the The second is um, people who are more uh, ideol ideologically in line with Bitcoin. They don't want to deal with the financial system, right? Uh, the, the best way for an individual to vote and say that something's wrong with the current financial system and the current banks is to choose to not interact with them and. Receiving your wages in Bitcoin allows you to skip that step allows you to uh, no longer have to rely on a banking system so it's a, it's almost a it's a way for for people to cast their vote and say i don't believe in the current financial system I'm ready for something new I'm ready for something to change whether or not um, uh, bitcoin becomes you know this huge um System that encompasses the world as a currency, or if it does it as just a protocol. Regardless, by doing this, what you're signaling to the banks and giving, you know, sending a uh, what you're sending a message to them, which is basically saying you gotta you gotta change, otherwise people are gonna find something else. Yeah, big time. Oh yeah, and then and then the third customer is our international customers, right? And Unlike the first two, these guys do about 10x the volume uh, as our domestic people. And that's because they're just trying to get their wage in a better way. They want it faster. They want it cheaper. They want it easier. Um, On average, the cost of sending funds across borders is 8%. It can take three to five days. When you send funds across borders, you actually don't know where the funds are, right? It goes through this really convoluted correspondent banking system where even your bank, when you say, I want to send money to this person in Brazil, when the bank sends the first, uh, sends, sends the amount, after that, it has no idea where the funds are. And it can go through five, six different intermediaries. That's scary. Yeah. And the reason why that's scary is because there's actually a person at each step of the way that is taking that information and then putting in a number somewhere and hitting go and that leaves room for error and wires get lost all the time. If it took like three months for you, not three months, three weeks for you to get your funds. It's actually because the funds got lost somewhere and the, 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 the lack of communication between all the banks made it so that it took, you know, an extra week, an extra two weeks for the funds to get there, just, just totally out there. Um, and you know, we, we, there are some interesting use cases like Argentina. Everyone always likes to talk about how their currency is crap, and so they should use they should use Bitcoin. But just receiving their wages, they they go through one of two processes. One is they lose forty percent of their wage uh, by receiving it uh, into their bank account in Argentina, and that has to do with the differences between what's the actual market rate that people use every day versus what the government uh, will convert at. So you lose 40% in that process. And yeah, huge. And then the alternative is literally getting on a boat and leaving the country, going to Uruguay and picking up your funds there in cash or uh, on a card and then cashing it and then bringing it back to Argentina to convert at the market rate. So, Either way, it's a pain in the ass.
0: Your company bid wage, there's a huge opportunity there in remittance just because that's you know, that's forty
2: percent. That's a lot. It is. It's huge. I mean, you know, we we work specifically for the uh for the the payroll environment, paying employees and contractors and freelancers. Um, uh and not so much on the remittance side, mainly due to uh, the difference is the, the subtle differences in compliance but also because we're sort of specializing for um, for the environment that helps employers pay their employees around the world um, so there's the, the last use case um, which uh, we've had maybe a couple people on our system use but I think that it's it's worth speaking to um, which is the idea of the unbanked And, you know, there's really no other truly automated system for getting bitcoins uh, in an easy way to unbank people, right? You, if you go to an exchange, you got to have a bank account, right? If you go to um, something like local bitcoins, well, now you have to like sort of go in person, go into this, you know, sketchy alleyway, hope you, you know, the guy doesn't stab you and take your money, you know, (laughs) actually paying uh, people's wages denominated in Bitcoins, right? So that's going to be a, a really interesting project that we're going to be working with them on um, to, to get it off the ground. Wow, I'm looking
0: forward, really looking forward to see how that goes because I would love to get paid in Bitcoin. I've been an evangelist for so long now that I don't mind the price swings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, But... Speaking of that, as a Bitcoin entrepreneur, it's only in your best interest uh, to puff up the virtual currency's benefits, digital currency. And so, if you're starting a Bitcoin-based business, uh, why should entrepreneurs not sweat the uh, currency's day-to-day price fluctuations? How is it, uh, I guess, how do you do what you do and not sweat at all what's going on with the
2: market? With the price. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, the the main issue with the price, I, I'd say that the only the main issue is you know if the price goes down to zero, right? Um, that would be that'd be the worst, right? Because once it goes down to zero, you can't use it. Um, but as long as it has some sort of value, um, I think that it's still, you know, it's still it's still an extremely interesting and powerful solution, right? Um, and, you know, let's say the price of, the price of Bitcoin is $1. Well, it's likely not going to be used so much in commerce. Um, at that point, I would, I would, I would guess, and it would probably use more as a protocol, um, which is okay. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world um, because when you start using it as a protocol, if people continue to do transactions on the system, naturally the price will rise, right? There's Because of the deflationary nature of Bitcoin.
1: Yeah,
2: it it, exactly. So in order for people to continue to do more transactions, leveraging the blockchain, the value of Bitcoin will have to go up uh, to accommodate that even if people are not using it as a currency but using it as a You know, a way to send payments from one place to another, a way to do stock settlement, a a way to uh, put information on the blockchain, um, you know, a way to, uh, you know, store housing deeds or things like that. You know, uh, at at the end of the day, if there's a lot of transactions going on to facilitate uh, facilitate those transactions and incentivize um, the miners to keep going um there will be there will be value attributed to 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 using it and if more and more people are continuing to use the blockchain based off of supply and demand the value will go up. So I'm not worried about it.
0: Good, good, good. I wouldn't I don't worry about it anymore. I did when <laughs> <laughs> I first started, but now yeah. I realize I know so much about the technology and so much about it that I understand what's going
2: on. So and if you, you know, but 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 ultimately, you know, uh, I think that it will be used, uh, I, it will be used as a form of currency. Um, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in a year, maybe not in five years. But uh, if you think about it, it'll be just sort of like a, another, it, I don't think it will be the one currency, but I think that it'll be another way to spend money. Kind of like how dollars have its place somewhere, credit cards have their place somewhere. I think Bitcoin's going to have its place somewhere because... Bitcoin's are just such a such a better experience when buying goods online. Kind of like how, at least the with my experience, buying goods at point of sale, you're going to have a better experience with credit cards. And then, in terms of dealing with someone, you know, like sending uh, uh, giving money to friends or uh, you know haggling with someone like street markets that'll be the the place where paper is is going to remain. And so you'll have like different use cases for the different ways of of spending money.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's it'll find its niche. Oh
1: okay. yeah. So,
0: well, I guess that gives just one question, usually the hardest question. Um you wouldn't think it is, but in 10 words or less, could you describe Bitcoin?
2: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ten words or less. It's hard. Uh, let me think about that. Uh, in ten words or less. And does this have to be? Does this have to be a sentence, or can it just be? Can it just be uh, adjectives that I that I that I associate?
0: Um, typically, it's been a sentence. Okay. So actually, no. It could. One person just said "geek money." Geek money, yeah. Just how you describe it can just be I, adjectives.
2: Like that. I think that 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 Bitcoin is uh, going to. Uh, I think that Bitcoin is like the revolution of money and the revolution of finance. The
0: revolution of money, the mm-hmm. revolution of finance. Both, both under ten. Under ten with both of them combined. Yep. Very, good. very good. Very good. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Um, we're definitely gonna put it in the in the Bitcoin Ether about BitWage because I do think that is a very pivotal step to closing that loop mm-hmm. to just getting more people having Bitcoin readily available and just you know not so difficult to get a hold of. Even though it isn't that difficult. I mean, if people really tried. But getting paid in Bitcoin is, is a monumental step to giving it that legitimacy as
2: a currency. So
0: mm-hmm. thank you for what you're doing.
2: Ah, thank you for, for uh, the kind comments and having me on the show. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So, uh, in in case your listeners want to know, if you want to check out our website or sign up, get some wages in Bitcoin, or maybe have some better international payments. We do local currency outputs in the Philippines and Brazil. Uh, Check out our website, www.bitwage.com.
0: Awesome. And we're definitely going to put it in the show notes as well. Cool. They will know how to get to your website. And I'm going to actually try and see if I can just get signed up on my own this year. So do the for the individual route
2: perfect awesome can't wait to have you on all right man have a good day <laughs> cheers
1: all right well i hope everyone has a better idea of how bit wage works that was crazy exciting so thanks for being on the show mr chester indeed uh some cool bit of news here um I was on Reddit and some user revealed that they received an email from Coinbase highlighting an exciting new pilot program for pre selected Coinbase users, which I was not selected. Uh, the <laughs> test program will be for those in the UK, uh, but if all goes well, it'll expand into the US. So basically, what this is, is you can put your Bitcoin on your debit or credit card. And uh, let me pull up the email here. Uh, they mm-hmm. say, since you're one of our most valued customers, we'd like to extend you an invite to help us test card purchases during our invite-only pilot. At your convenience, feel free to look through and take advantage of our card support using the steps below, yada, yada, yada. So that's pretty cool. The more ways to convert the small amounts of Bitcoin from a card, especially from a trusted company like Coinbase, uh, will increase new users. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take it by your what that you didn't hear about this. I well, did not. Uh,
0: I
3: Well, the key... Busy. The key part about this that I think was the most, in my opinion, the most important was that the um, transactions are instant, and so it doesn't take four or five days to get your Bitcoin. You get your Bitcoin in four to five minutes if you purchase through one of these avenues. So if you purchase with your credit card or debit card, you get your Bitcoin real quick because that's the way the Visa network works. It's much faster than talking to banks. Well, much faster than directly. I don't understand how it works, to be honest. Uh, it's faster, and that's big because people who want to, you know, engage in Bitcoin don't want to sign up, connect their bank, wait a few days, purchase some Bitcoin, wait a few, wait a few days, get it. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I got it now. What do I do with it? They want to be mm-hmm. like, all right, man, here. Uh, oh, you want to buy some Bitcoin? Well, I got some now. What do I do with it? It's much better of a way to keep someone's attention and interested in the idea if you can get it quickly, and it's that. That velocity of getting your Bitcoin faster is, is huge,
1: and most people they don't want a hardware wallet or three paper wallets split over three locations. You know, they just want a simple wallet.
0: Absolutely, it's the it's the convenience factor, which which Bitcoin needs to overcome, and that's a huge there's a huge friction there when it comes to convenience. Like if I could spend Bitcoin as easily as I could receive it, and then it would be all gravy. Like, but when I'm at the gas station, it's simply easier right now to just slide my card in there and pay, and not have to go in there into the gas station. Like that's just easier. And so if, when Bitcoin starts to overcome that, and which is starting to do, this is a good first step. Then we're getting into a place where it can be more recognized as a currency, and not as a huge question mark. You know what I mean?
3: And this paves the way for a lot of other people to start doing the same thing. But uh, these big big companies that start to roll these things out show that it's viable, and people can do it. And then smaller companies and other startups can start doing the same thing. In mm-hmm. the environment of higher velocity transactions of trans- tr- uh, of exchanging your fiat to Bitcoin gets better, and that makes more people enter in faster.
0: So the way you worded it, Cello, is that. Um, I think what it means is that you can buy Bitcoin with a debit card, but the way you worded it, it seemed like you can actually put Bitcoin on the debit card.
1: No. No, That's it's kind of like what Circle does, but... It's better. pretty much exactly what Circle does, but it, it is that is good. Basically, you verify the cards doing like an authorization, but you don't claim it. And I also have to talk about banks in the UK to do things a little little bit differently than they do here. Um, So it never appears on your pending transactions. You have to call the bank to find out. And then you have to have like a reference number and everything. PayPal, they get around this by charging you one pound and then adding that to your balance. Coinbase doesn't do that.
0: Hmm. So every time you want to buy Bitcoin, you have to call
1: the bank? Uh, yeah, the the process isn't exactly streamlined yet. Mm. I wish I could get that here though. Circle
0: has it, I love Circle for it. Like, you know, it's real quick. As soon as I like, if I want to buy 10 bucks worth of Bitcoin, shla bam,
1: I buy 10 bucks right there on the spot, baby. Yeah, and then also, I mean, your bank is going to call you and they're going to check for fraud. They're like, "What? What did you just do? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, not yet. I've been doing it for years—not years, a year and some change—but
0: I've been doing it for a while now. No call yet. Yeah. But
1: also, like, I'm American. Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, American. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But once they do this, like, how are they going to deal with chargebacks and credit card fraud? Like, how are they going to? I'll tell you how they're
0: gonna say fucking why don't we just fucking use bitcoin like the way it's supposed to be used so we're not have to fucking deal with this like geez it's good that you talked about chargebacks though that's coming up in how how shitty they are for businesses to have you know so much money in your business account and then you check the next day and like 200 of it is gone and you're like what oh yeah. chargeback they just sucked money out of your account just charge- chargeback yeah And you call the bank and they're like, charge back, player. Thanks for the money, homie. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how it sounds. That's exactly how it sounds. Well, that is pretty big news. And like Corey says, Corey says it a lot, actually. Corey, Corey, you say this a lot. Do you know what What you say say a lot? I say a lot of things a lot. What do I (laughs) I say? (laughs) You say that um, Bitcoin is going to kind of adapt modern day. Practices for when it comes to making transactions until there's enough people educated on how it works to kind of change some things.
3: Well, that's the natural. That's the natural way of things. It's 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 the way because people aren't willing to learn a new technology. When a, when a revolutionary technology happens, they're like, "All right, well, that's cool. It's revolutionary. What does it mean? I don't understand it. It's not what I know. I hate it." it's it's essentially the the mental thought process of most people who don't want to learn new things, which is a lot of the vast majority of of society.
0: That was excellent. Uh,
3: what happens is the technology comes out and the people who back that technology find different on ramps to make that technology look like the technology that's available right now. So it's essentially, it's like taking a Porsche and then putting a, like a, a shitty, car on top of it so that people recognize a shitty car and be like alright I want that that's something I'm, I'm comfortable with the Porsche is too fast but this is this is way this is my speed or you know mm-hmm. something like you know, a better analogy of that if you can think of one yourself mm-hmm. it's it, that's what's happening is like we have a great technology people are not comfortable with it because it's different so all of the, the, the engineers and geeks and gurus that love Bitcoin like us are finding new ways to make Bitcoin Function as if it's a credit card because everyone's comfortable with their credit card.
1: Yeah, that's the reason why. Uh, that's the primary reason why Bitcoin hasn't reached mainstream acceptance because it's just not as easy as swiping your debit card or your credit card yet. Yeah, We're and plus, you
3: also take into account the massive infrastructure that's already in place with the Visa network. Everybody has things that swipe Visa cards. Nobody has things that scan QR codes to accept Bitcoin. So if you can find a way to tap into that giant infrastructure, then you found a way to use the technology that you want to use.
0: Mm-hmm. More and more people are getting it, though. Silicon Valley is hot right now with uh, iPads with- oh. as uh,
3: registers. Yeah, that's that's great, and that's the way technology is moving. But it's not there yet, so people mm-hmm. are trying to you know backdate the technology so that it, you you know so that you can use the massive current infrastructure that's currently in place while this transition is happening. And they're making money off of it that's good mm-hmm.
0: it's gonna be a beautiful
1: thing yeah i feel like if you're not an early adopter and you're just gonna be like oh shit i should have got on this years ago and then they're gonna scramble i, I believe it yeah. there hasn't
3: been anybody that i've talked to that's been like that's stupid and when i think we continue to talk about it they still have the idea of that's stupid it, <laughs> they they always like oh well that makes sense. I understand that. It's people who don't understand it who then try to explain it to other people when they continue that's true. along that idea of that's stupid.
1: A good example of that would be our next interviewee who had a first date with a, a person that we interviewed, and he knows what he's talking about. He explained it properly, and then she said it clicked right then and there. And then mm-hmm. she's she's been you know advocating for it ever since. Hmm.
0: Oh, and we got some behind the scenes dirt. Remember that, Corey? Hmm. When she talked about, it, she actually worked for some entrenched financial, uh, tr- sorry, sorry, traditional, uh, financial institute, and, Ooh. and they told her to keep it on the hush. They said, mm-hmm. "Hey, Ooh. take this Bitcoin talk and, and get s- the fuck out of here, and get the fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> But they didn't really say that. She actually left voluntarily because the place obviously sucks. So. Yeah. But anyways. All right, let's um, get into that. Here she is. Welcome, Carrie Scott, to the Bitcoin podcast. Thank you. Uh, very first question we're going to ask you, we asked uh, pretty much all our guests, is um, how were you introduced to Bitcoin? Uh, what was the story behind that? And when did it click for you? Like, oh... This is something that I need to put time and effort into. This is Mm -hmm. something I need to understand.
4: Yeah. Okay. So I actually didn't learn about Bitcoin until October of last year. So only coming up on a year. At the time, I was working in finance, um, mainly helping people plan for their retirement and get insurance. But one of the main things we tried to teach people about was the importance of planning for inflation. (laughs) Mm. So I was certainly aware of the pitfalls in our current financial system and all the tricky things you have to do to actually be successful and save money. And I learned about Bitcoin actually on a first date. Oh, <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> I think we were here. talking about religion uh, briefly, <laughs> and uh, Scott, it was Scott Rose, who you guys have had on your show. And he said, you know, I kind of have a religion. Uh, Have you heard of Bitcoin? And, you know, I'd heard the word. And so I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Tell me more. And uh, (laughs) he explained it. And I think I was ready to hear about it because it clicked really quickly. Like, it was One of these, well, of course, we should have independent money. And of course, money should be based on mathematical principles. Um, So I was immediately intrigued. And I think it might have been like the next day he showed me the Bitcoin properly video, which isn't necessarily the best intro to Bitcoin video, but it does kind of I think it does a great job pointing to the larger scope of what's possible with this new technology. And then I was just like, oh, my God, this is like a game changer. And um, so that has since the beginning of the year really shaped uh, the direction my career has taken. I don't know if you guys were aware the financial industry is very highly regulated. Yes. <laughs> it's, very, <laughs> it's a little regulated. So um, the firm I was with, although I really liked those folks, it was made clear that it was not okay for me to talk about cryptocurrencies and had to kind of um, censor my Facebook and what I was saying publicly so I had to kind of part ways with that, and so now I am looking on looking at doing Bitcoin full time. So all right, yeah, I jumped right in.
0: Their loss.
3: That seems yeah, to be the way it works. Once you get into it, you kind of throw your whole body into it.
4: A lot of us, it works like that for a lot of us, huh?
3: Yeah. So yeah. you said you worked. You worked with. Uh, you tried to focus on teaching people how to deal with inflation, and I guess. Here at the at the Bitcoin Podcast, we try and be somewhat of an on ramp for people who are uneasy about Bitcoin and don't understand it much. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between Bitcoin being a deflationary currency and normal fiat currencies being
4: sure. An inflationary? Sure. So um One of many reasons that Americans and and other people in other countries, too, but I'm a bit more familiar with America, have a very hard time planning for retirement is all the money you save um, decreases in value as more and more U.S. dollars are put into circulation. So I think the statistic is like every 17 years, you need to either double your income or learn to live on half. And that's calculated off, like, if we assume 4% inflation, then by 17 years, the money you have is going to be worth half as much as it was. So these, I see it, this is the why we're essentially forced to gamble our money in the stock market. We have to invest it in um, sometimes risky kind of ways in order to keep pace with that inflation rate. Um with Bitcoin, since, you know, actually we are in an inflationary state, so there are new Bitcoins being released into circulation, um, and it will be so. I think the end is 2140, but that rate will slow down and slow down and slow down. And theoretically, as adoption grows and more people are using Bitcoin, then there the value will relation relationally go up so the idea is that if i save a dollar in a year from now it's worth less and theoretically if i save bitcoin in a year from now hopefully it's worth more and um yeah. I'm real careful about not giving investment advice cuz this is an experiment. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Major disclaimer. It's completely an experiment. It could go up, it could go down. But that's kind of the idea of the theory behind it and why those of us who do believe in its success see the fact that it the fact that it's limited in supply, the fact that it's scarce. We see that as a potential to be able to actually um, grow its value. So,
0: yeah, that's great. The exact opposite of you. I'm like, don't take my investment advice, but invest it all. (laughs) (laughs) Go straight Bitcoin.
4: Well, it's (laughs) ironic too because I think, you know, a lot of us, you know, we have faith in Bitcoin, obviously. And so we do think the value is going to go up. And at the same time, those of us who are really trying, those of us like myself, who want to see it used as a payment system more, we sort of don't want people to get hung up on the value growing because we want them to spend their Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: so um, just two more questions. Um, sure. The next question I have is... Uh, uh, the Grapevine let me know that uh, you are an Airbits ambassador.
4: Yeah.
2: And
0: what was that entitled? How does that <laughs> help you push adoption in Austin?
4: Well, so I was already a really big fan of Airbits. Um, you know, I've used several different wallets just by connecting with other mm-hmm. exchanges. Nice. I know.
0: So, Corey, you want to take the last question?
3: Yeah, of course. We can, uh, this is the question we ask everyone. Uh, sometimes people have a little difficulty with it. Some people knock it out of the park. Oh. <laughs> uh, can you explain Bitcoin in 10 words or less?
4: New payment network, new digital assets, free and open to everyone.
0: Oh, 11 words. Hmm.
4: Oh, There's dang. There's no penalty here no
0: Uh We'll just paraphrase it to get it less.
4: <laughs>
0: we'll paraphrase 11 words. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Carrie, for stopping yeah,
4: by. it's been fun.
0: And uh, we've enjoyed having you. And, yeah, have a good weekend.
4: Thank you. You too.
0: All right. That was Kerry Scott coming in from Austin Town, letting us know about what goes on in Austin Town and what it means to be an Airbits ambassador. So, if any of you guys are listening to our show right now and wish to become an Airbits ambassador, be really, really awesome for Airbits and they'll make you an ambassador and then you can say stuff like I'm an
1: ambassador. That's a cool
0: thing to be. It is. We, isn't we it? can't. We can't speak for Airbits, but you can try it. Yeah, that's right. We shouldn't. We should <laughs> disclaim that. <laughs> we
3: don't, no. Sorry, Airbits, if you get like four hundred people saying how much they love Airbits and they want to be your ambassador.
0: Yeah, but we then find, we kind of apologize. <laughs> they'll sell four hundred t-shirts and love us. So. Then we're not anyways. sorry. You're welcome. Yeah, so, sorry. We're not sorry, Airbits, for sending people your way. Bam, love it. Um. I was going to ask you guys a question, but we um, did the interview. Do you guys feel as if you're conquistadors, like we're fucking pioneers?
1: No, I, 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 we, I okay. don't think we've, uh, we've, you know, like Corey proposed, like what if we get a Bitcoin mention on like Rick and Morty or like a rapper actually did rap about Bitcoin because of us? Like I'm waiting for that moment, like whoa, like we did that.
0: Yep, we're gonna make it happen. I can feel it in the ether. You know how you can feel the ether sometimes. Can you Feels feel it coming in the air tonight? I, I, I do, I do. <laughs> I feel that that nasty ass drum solo like it's right around
1: the corner. <laughs> uh, the last thing that I want to talk about is something that you want to talk about. Is the uh, you want to finish that that chorus? <laughs> All right, we're done. Uh, let's talk. Oh no! About- All right, ever done? Are you we're Rick so rolling me on my own podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. Go. All right, let's talk about Stanford University. Does everyone know yes. about this? Let's
3: talk about it. What we'll no? Break oh, us okay. off.
1: And it's-
0: I think I do know about this one. Actually, I did read this one. It snuck in the cracks.
1: They've entered into an agreement with New York University and Duke to offer a course on Bitcoin. Slabam. Okay, so now that the shock has settled, <laughs> what what does the course entail? So there's legal issues in computer security, okay? There's digital forensics for identifying potential threats. There's uh, designs for network perimeter defenses. Mm. And there's testing methods for possible system penetrations. So it's not really what you thought it would be. No, it, it isn't. Exactly I thought what it was... I thought it would be. Okay. Well, okay. All right. Okay. okay. Yep. <laughs> Corey
0: actually wrote the syllabus for the class. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, okay. So
3: this is, this is a college course about a cryptocurrency mm-hmm. at a premier institute university. And this isn't going to be about, Hey guys, what's Bitcoin or what's a cryptocurrency? It's literally going to be creating the, ne- the next developers and people who are dealing with the core or software and, and, the back end of what Bitcoin is and how it's interfaced with the society. It isn't going to be introducing them to the idea of Bitcoin because the people who are taking this are going to know about Bitcoin. What they're doing is they're prepping themselves to start to try and educate the next generation of people who are going to make Bitcoin better and deal with the infrastructure of, of the giant environment of applications that's going to be running like the financial world of of transactions, they, they, they're they going to need to know the next generation on how this stuff works and how the back end works. Because right now, no one's educated. Or the only people that are educated are self-educated, or they happen to be in this cross-disciplinary study of the things that happen to work with you know economics, computer science, people, application development, these types of things that all intersect to make Bitcoin work. And this is going to be a huge new way of teaching students or a huge new subject of teaching students how to deal with this type of thing as time
1: goes on. So what kind of challenges created by rapid advancements in information technology will they run into?
3: Well, I don't know. Let's look at what, what is currently in, available at the university level that wasn't available before the internet.
1: I That's mean, true.
3: All of the degrees you can get and classes you can take, and all these things that are available right now, of how you deal with the internet—you know, web development, programming, mm-hmm. math, math, co- computational chemistry and physics, and science in general, applied mathematics—all these different things were not available until the internet happened, and computation was powerful enough to deal with them. Okay, so that's a giant section of students going through college right now in universities. I can't imagine what's going to be when you open this up to a transactional, a, a, a network that transacts value instead of information. And what becomes so there?
1: If this was a Texas Tech, would you guys have enrolled?
3: I would have gotten in this immediately.
0: Uh, not me. I was a fucking idiot. So I, <laughs> I just fell into a lot of
1: things, to tell you the truth. Um,
0: Probably all so like, Mister Ferguson,
1: do you, want a, to you. do you want a cybersecurity graduate certificate? You would have been like. How cool does that sound? Make it sound cool, and I'll join it. If you can't make it sound cool,
0: I don't want anything to do with it.
3: People who are joining it now have a good idea of what's happening in the future, and the people. But later on, as this grows, it's going to be a large amount of people that are going to join it. How many because people do you think are going to enroll? And it in
0: drop the future.
3: Oh, like every other difficult science course. Thirty-three
0: percent. Lot. Thirty-three percent.
3: Well, it's not going to be easy. It's well, not I mean, going to be
1: easy, but I mean, people I are going to enroll thinking Bitcoin is something entirely different, and then they realize this isn't what I signed up for.
0: It's going to be just like any class, man. There's going to yeah. be like the top mm, one to three percent of people who like soak that shit in and go on to use it with their life. Then there's going to be a huge group in the middle that just kind of took the class and know about it. And of that group, there's going to be people that know more and know less, but they're not really going to use it in their life. And then there's going to be that small 1% to 3% that went to class and drooled on themselves every day and know nothing. That's me. And fail. So, like, that's (laughs) it's not you. We're all educated. We're all learned individuals. Learned. We got learnt. We synced some stuff. This is a house of learned doctors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you guys, I want to speculate. Do you guys think that Bitcoin is going to be the cause for the next, the very first trillionaire on earth?
3: Yes.
1: Jeez. I've thought that a lot. I don't want there to be a trillionaire, to be honest. It's going to happen, dude. It's going to happen. Wait, what? Who is the richest billionaire? I think it's a Mexican guy. No, but how many billions does he have? Oh, he's got a lot. Because I don't think yeah, we're you, close. We're not close okay. to trillion yet. Should somebody Google that? Let's Google that and have some sound effects of me Googling it.
0: Because I, I think the richest
1: personally has like 100 bill. I mean, he's got a ways to go.
3: So oh, okay. Let's, let's imagine a world where the first trillionaire is based on a guy of, of, of a Bitcoin early adopter. And the price of Bitcoin rises far enough to where he owns enough Bitcoin because he's such an early adopter that he has over a trillion dollars worth of Bitcoins and cashes out or whatever. That person, that early adopter, is going to be a smart individual. Holy crap. An incredibly smart individual because, one, he was an early adopter. Two, he was smart enough to hold on to those Bitcoins and not lose them in a computer that he threw away because he mined Bitcoins on a laptop and doesn't like the laptop anymore. This, this person has held on to it and been in the ecosystem the entire time. That person is going to be incredibly so you- intelligent. And probably... I wouldn't say altruistic, but at least he knows where the money should go.
1: I got so, it right here. Hold on, you guys want Dimitri, to hear it? before you get into that, do you think that when we check this list that Dimitrik is looking at fifty years from now, that the top one of the people in the top ten is going to be related to Bitcoin? Yes, yes, Because
0: um, I think he may already be, and I think he's becoming <laughs> wiser and wiser. The number one place on this list, the Forbes. 2015 this is a very current list. Is Mr. Bill Gates uh, 79.2 billion dollars?
1: So he has a ways to go.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. He's got a ways to go, but he does know of Bitcoin, and he does know that it's very, very functional. And then he's even most recently said, "Ah, what's the point of making an altcoin?" We need to just focus on making Bitcoin better to help poor people. Because most of this money goes to helping poor people. As it should. But number two is Carlos Slim Halu. Uh, 77.1 Billy. Warren Buffy, our homie from the beginning of the show. 72.7 Billy. Amancio Ortega. 64. Larry Ellison. 54. Charles Cock. Charles Cock, step your game up. David Cock, (laughs) 42.9. You sure that's not Coke? I'm 100% (laughs) sure it is Coke, but I hate them, so I wanted to say Cock. Just let me have my moment. All right, let me have my moment. So let's reiterate. Charles and David Cock, gobblers. Um, (laughs) I do believe that's their surname. Number eight, Christy Walton, 41.7. Billy Jim Walton, 40.6. Well, oh, yeah. we get it. a husband a and wife team, has, okay. huh? Is that
1: a husband and wife team? Um, the Waltons, right? Walmart. I think it's Walmart.
0: Yeah, Lillian Bittencourt, forty point one, and she's really old. So somebody's about to inherit some shit. Okay, we get it.
3: We
1: get it. There's a lot All of right, here. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up this episode, fellas.
0: Okay. Um, that's it. We got nothing else.
1: Uh, I think we just need to tell the good people out there about this quiz that we got going on. Yes, yes. So, we are going to be doing a quiz.
0: And this quiz is going to quiz our audience of the things that we've discussed in Bitcoin. Some easy Bitcoin vocabulary that you guys would know if you've been interested in the show and looked this stuff up on your own. Okay, and things on our resources page. It's not going to be too long of a quiz, maybe 20 to 30 questions, all multiple choice, all right? But the thing is, you have to have listened to the show to answer a good amount of the questions on this quiz. Now, we are going to be making a webpage that has the details of how the quiz is going to operate, but it is also a contest, Okay, so if you do satisfy the requirements of the contest, then you will be entered in an opportunity to win some Bitcoins, y'all. Nice.
3: Yeah, so take an easy-ass quiz, maybe win some money. Yeah. If you're listening already, it it behooves you to do it anyway.
0: Yeah, and get the word out. We're going to be hitting the Reddits, we're going to be in the Tweets, we're going to be hitting the Instagrams. I should have... Had a nickname for that Insta Grizzles, Insta grizzams, so uh, get behooved. That's right, in the Facebooks, <laughs> and pay attention. And one, you guys, we should send out a big thank you
1: to people that have been listening. Like we got some listeners, we thank them by not throwing ads in their face. You're welcome. That's, bam. <laughs> also, also,
3: uh, we dropped a blog. D has been writing articles left and right. That's true. Uh, I will be also writing articles that will be probably a little longer and less fun to read because that's the way I write. <laughs> and uh, hopefully I will find be posting information them. interesting. <laughs> and, D- and Marcello will make them pretty as hell.
0: And he will post them. He'll post them. I would like to let you guys know that my idol when it comes to uh, an author is uh, Dan Brown. So my shit's exciting and it's not it's not hard to read because like chapters are one page in a damn brown novel. Mine
3: is the encyclopedia. It'll be very informational and very fun fun to read.
0: You'll have an index (laughs) (laughs) and a table of contents when it comes to Corey's blog. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else we need to plug besides ourselves? Like the catch us
3: on, you know, get us on Stitcher, get us on iTunes, get -hmm. us on the
0: website. Mm Mm-hmm. Share us with your friends. Tell your friends Comment. about our show. Comment. Talk to us. Yes, please talk to us. We'd appreciate it. And we're like,
3: we're like lonely girls in a room that want to be <laughs> talk to. Just just come on. We all we didn't care what you say to us. We yep. just going we're gonna talk back to you.
1: And, and, and we all give sensual blowjobs to talk to <laughs> us. <laughs> I feel like that's
0: really gonna the sensual Sindrill um what's her name? Saffron. Sexy Saffron. Well anyways, um at the BTC podcast on Twitter. Hollow holla holla. Holla holla. Holla, holla
3: holla holla. holla Play the play the play the play the
2: outro.